Blog Talk Radio. Podcast. I'm your host, Phil Wallace, in our Screen Fix Studios in Los Angeles. We have a great show for you today. We are going to preview who could be nominated at the 73rd Annual Primetime Emmy Awards. Oh, it's, it's, it's Emmy season. The nominations will come out in just uh, a few weeks here on July 13th. But as always, we want to break it all down who could be nominated as the campaign is in full swing. Joining me, as always, in Burbank, California, we have Kit Bowen. Kit, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you. (laughs) And we also have in Burbank, uh, Andrew Payne. Andrew, how are you? I am doing well. Thanks for having me. Great. And joining us in the great state of New Jersey, as always, for an East Coast perspective, we have uh, Adam Spunberg. Adam, how are you doing? I'm doing great, and we just upgraded the studio here at New Jersey Studio, so we're ready for the show. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> I see the upgraded studios. I haven't, I haven't been out there since COVID. So. Um, all right. Well, before we get into who could be nominated where, I, I just want to touch on, you know, maybe some macro topics here. Um, and, Kit, i got to tell you, I'm, I'm looking at who could be nominated for Emmys this year. I'm looking at the show, and – I, I don't know what it is, but I'm actually more excited for the Emmys than the Oscars, even though the, the ratings for the Emmys are like one-sixth or one-third of the Oscars and the Oscar ratings are way down. Um, I'm really excited for the Emmys because people watch these shows. Like, people talk about Bridgerton and uh, uh, The Mandalorian and WandaVision and Mayor of Easttown and The Queen's Gambit and The Crown and all that. People talk about this. People don't talk about it. Nomad Land and Sound of Metal all that much, but um, I feel like so- somewhere along the line, you know, the, the streaming shows that that's kind of what's running pop culture now. And I think the Emmys, looking at who could be nominated this year, there's so many great shows. Uh, it's exciting. What, what do you think? Yeah, I'm totally excited about it. I mean, I think that uh, you know, I we've we've talked about this in the past, just how great TV is these days, and it seems to just continue to be, you know, great and so many great shows to choose from. In fact, it's kind of interesting that um, I read an article about how because there's so many things to choose from there's you know, and, and, and certainly there's a lot of films, a lot of TV shows that people do talk about, but that sort of mega TV hit, you know, uh, is sort of on the wane as far as, you know, because there's so many different like, you know, maybe just your small group of people here loved WandaVision and, you know, and then you're, some of your friends over here watched Mayor of Easttown and we all talk about that. It's like, it's so diverse now. It's just, it's, it's, you know, we just have so much to choose from and it's really, it's really great. <laughs> I'm excited too. Yeah. And, you know, the other thing, Andrew, so I'm curious to get your take on, on that as, as the award show kind of sets up Emmys versus Oscars. And the other thing I love about the Emmys is, um, 
when we get to the Oscars, I, I know we always get a bunch wrong anyway, but uh, it's, there's all these precursors. So there's a few awards that just aren't really that surprising, whereas the Emmys really can surprise you sometimes. But uh, what do you think about the Emmys versus the Oscars this year, Andrew? Well, I mean, I've always thought for for years that, like, the, the Emmys I always find to be, as a show, like as a television show, is usually better than the Oscars. I think that the the writing is usually funnier. Uh, you know, they, they usually have a, you know, they have a fun host. And, and I agree with you. Like, I, I think the thing where the, I mean, the Oscars, I'm always going to put above the Emmys just because I love the Oscars. But... I think that we're like Oscars has become so predictable now because you sit there for two months with these same, you know, eight films that are in the running trading awards, same, you know, 10 performances trading awards. Whereas the Emmys, there's no precursor to the Emmys. There's the television critics awards. There's the golden globes, which like, who cares? And that's also at a different time of the year. Like the Emmys kind of just stands alone, and and I agree with you. I, I think that that adds to the to the fun factor for it. Like it's a more fun show to predict, and and it's also gotten less predictable in, th- than it has in years past, where it used to be like, oh, Modern Family is going to win again. Oh, uh, you know, The West Wing is going to win again. Where it's just like you know whatever won last year is going to win again this year until it goes off the air. That doesn't seem to hold true anymore, especially because there's so many quality shows that, that come on every year that it's it's hard for anything to just keep running back Frasier every year like they used to do. So I, yeah. I think that, that it, it just all adds up to, like, a more exciting award show. Yeah, and the, answer, the other thing that's interesting is with these awards, with the Emmys in TV, is it used to be, like, Frasier would come out every year, start in September and end in May. Now... You never know when these shows are coming back. They can there can be a few years between these shows coming back. You can be like Kirby Enthusiast, wait ten years between seasons. You, you never know. Um, all right, Adam, what do you think about DCM? Is, is, is there excitement in, in the East Coast for it? <laughs> well, <laughs> speaking for my geographic uh, area, no, I I will say I think. Uh, it's not. It's it's almost a bit uh, cliche to say this, that it's the golden age of television because we've been kind of saying that for three years, right? But I think each year, this is becoming even more the case. And throw into the mix, you have this pandemic that hits. Movie theaters are barely functional, and now, sort of watching a, a series on Netflix blends in with watching uh, a feature film on HBO Max. It's hard to even tell the difference at this point. The production values are so high uh, on a lot of these TV shows anyway that uh, I don't even feel like choose movie or show sometimes. I feel like it's just quality entertainment, and and it's just a totally different era. I'm curious to see if with cinemas coming back to life, hopefully anyway, uh, if that changes things. But I did want to add one general comment, uh, Phil and yeah, team. Please. If there's one thing that makes me very happy when I look at you know projected nominations, and it's so incredible for a show that was on of all things Apple TV, but Ted Lasso getting all of this love just makes me so happy. That show is yeah. to me one of the greatest things I've ever watched, and I, I hope it wins every award possible. 
We'll get to that in just a bit, Adam. I do want to talk about Ted Lasso. Um, but before we do, I just also want to talk about uh, who could host this year's Emmys. We still don't have a host. And I hope we can all agree that like, award shows should have hosts at this point. We, we've done it without hosts. It's better with a host, with a good host, a good host. Um, so typically, so this year's Emmys are on CBS. So typically um, that means the uh, host is, is from the, the host network, so to speak. And so, um, you know, you could have either Stephen Colbert, who hosted, he hosted actually the last time it was on CBS, or, um, or James Corden. You know, it's, it's not uncommon for kind of a late night host of uh, late night show host for the network to do it. But um, sometimes it's from a popular TV show on the network. And there's been rumors that maybe Queen Latifah, who is on the Equalizer, could, could be the host of this year's Emmys. Um, and then other possibilities, because this year's Emmys are also on, they're not just on CBS, they're apparently also on Paramount Plus. So you can watch them live on Paramount Plus. And uh, you start looking at the full Viacom kind of bench of people, and you've got, you know, Trevor Noah, um, who uh, hosted the Grammys and, and, you know, is on Comedy Central, which is owned by Viacom. So, so that's a possibility, although he's taking a, a bit of a break right now from the show, so that might be tough. Or, or you could get really off the wall and pick someone from Showtime and go with, like, Jesus and Mero hosting the Emmys. So, um, oh, that would be so good. On... <laughs> All right. Uh, Andrew, you want to make a plug for Jesus and Mero? If Jesus and Mero hosted the Emmys, that might be the greatest thing that's ever happened in the history of the world. Like, just... Like, I mean, I'd want them, like, in two chairs just sitting there commenting on, like, everything that was going on the whole time. That, that would be interesting. Adam, what do you think? Davis and Mero host the Emmys, or do you want it to be Z-Way or whatever that woman's name is, or, or just Queen Latifah? What, what do you think? I say go back to the Oscars well. Let's, let's pull in Billy Crystal. He's always the, the stop gas that can save anything, right? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. He did just do that movie with Tiffany Haddish, which which I didn't see. But, um, <laughs> not great. Not great. <laughs> did, 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 any pick here on your side for uh, for Emmy host? Who are you guys talking about from Showtime? Davies and Mero. They, oh, uh, I know. They I know. I'm sorry. I'm horrible. They used to have a podcast. I think I think they still have a podcast, but. There are these uh, two two guys from from what the Bronx or something, right? And they they just kind of talk about pop culture and uh, Andy could probably talk about it better than I could. But that's pretty oh, accurate. Okay. They met on Twitter. They they basically started as two Twitter personalities, and then they started a podcast, and then they had a show on like Vice, and now they have a show on Showtime. <laughs> well, that's very cool. They're basically. Just- so he just, you know, talks back about everything in the world. But, but Phil, I have, I have one other pitch for you. You mentioned Paramount yeah. Plus. Why not get the, the best host on all of television? And, of course, I'm talking about T.J. Lavin, the host of the challenge, and have him host. <laughs> and the challenge, it's MTV, right? So that's in the Viacom family, right? Yeah, that's in the Viacom family. T.J. Lavin. 
make them have to do some sort of elimination in order to win the Emmy because you got you got to go you got to get up on TJ's podium and do TJ's challenge before you can actually win. That that's what I think they should do. <laughs> you know, I don't watch the challenge, so I actually had to look up TJ Lavin just now. But uh, I, I will say, if they did have Dave Zamora host the Emmy, I think a lot of people would be like Kit and say, "Who's that?" However, it would bring certainly a different audience into the show and might help the ratings. Um, so maybe it would work. I don't know. It, it's um, honestly the best idea I've ever heard, Phil, and I, and I hope they listen to you. <laughs> it would be so <laughs> much fun. I mean, we don't know. Who's like, it, would be like, it would be like Ricky Gervais when he hosts the Golden Globes, but like 10 times that. Ah. Maybe they're there listening right now to this. To host the Emmys. Sorry, what was that, Adam? No, I said they might be listening to the show right now. Maybe Andrew just gave them the idea. That's right. Television Maybe. Academy, listen up. Um, <laughs> all right, let's move on. We'll start with comedy series. Let's figure out who could be nominated for best comedy series. And um, Adam, um, you know, Ted Lasso not only looks like a surefire nominee, but maybe even the, the favorite for best comedy series. Last year, Schitt's Creek kind of swept all the comedy categories, so there's room for kind of a new entrant here. Um, I got to tell you, Sponge, uh, Adam, I, I, I love Ted Lasso. Such a, a fresh new show. Um, it, such a surprising entry. It was like, when I first heard about it, I thought, you know, they're making a TV show out of the, those Jason Sudeikis commercials for the Premier League. Are you kidding me? But it just works really well. You know, in a time with, with so much negativity, with, with the pandemic and Trump era, it, it sure is refreshing to watch, like, such a positive, funny show, right? Definitely. Yeah. I mean, I, I, obviously I made no secret of how much I loved it. Uh, let's put it this way. I watched it myself, right? Because and, and the reason I watched it was because it was getting, you know, Golden Globe Awards buzz. And I was like, what is this? I didn't even know how to access Apple TV, right? I was like, what is this thing? <laughs> that. I use my iPhone like everybody else to get, you know, a free year. Uh, I watched this thing, and uh, I'd watched it in two nights. Then I made my wife watch it, <laughs> and I wanted to watch it again. And I recommended it to a bunch of people. I work with people in England and other parts of the world. Everybody, I haven't met a single person that didn't love the show who watched it, and many of them watched it two or three times. So there's something magical about it that. And I guess if I were to, to, to say what I think is special, it's obviously there's an incredible, genuine, feel-good aspect uh, to his character and the way he interacts. But there's beneath kind of this silly comedy, there's a lot of depth and, and meaningful mm-hmm. messaging yeah. that I think is what makes it, and, and a real sweetness, right? Which is, like you said, Phil, at a time like this, it really just resonates uh I, I just loved it. It's one of my favorite shows I've ever watched. Wow. Um, just looking at, at who else could be nominated here for comedy series, uh, there's The Flight Attendant, which I thought was originally a mini series, but apparently has a season two already ordered. So now The Flight Attendant counts as a comedy series. And 
one of the directors on that show, which, which I actually haven't watched, but the director on the first two episodes of that show is none other than uh, Susanna Fogel, a college classmate of mine and Adam's. And um, she was on her podcast, if you recall, um, when she directed um, The Spy Who Dumped Me. Uh, so she actually won a DGA, if you will, for the flight attendant. She could win a directing Emmy here. Uh, but there's a flight attendant, um, Hacks, which I actually watched all of and thought was great. Um, the Komenitsky method, method still kind of hangs out there. Um, I hear more and more people watching this Pen15 show. Uh, Master of None came back uh, this season and um, – much different type of season, but it's been nominated for its first two years. Um, Blackish is in the running. And then I, I want to bring up two other shows. Um, Girls 5 Eva, which I also watched all of. Absolutely hilarious show, kind of in the same vein as, as 30 Rock or Unbreakable Kim, Kimmy Schmidt, which has been nominated in the past. And then Cobra Kai, now a Netflix mm-hmm. show, much more watched. It would be interesting to see if Cobra Kai gets nominated. Uh, Kit, what, what do you think about who could be nominated for best uh, comedy show series? We, we could have up to eight nominees. Um, you know, I you know, I'm a, I'm totally on the Ted Lasso bandwagon as well. I actually finally just watched it because uh, I know it's been on for a while, and, and season two is coming up, and I'm really excited about it. it well, I, after after Jason Sudeikis won. Last year, I guess. Didn't he win the Emmy last year? I think he did, didn't he? No, he won or, the Golden Globe and the SAG. Oh, the SAG. Okay. Year. Right, right, right. Yeah. Okay. He won anyway, the Golden Globe um, and the I'm like, well, gosh, this show must be pretty good. He keeps winning. So then, yeah. And of course, I heard, just like you said, uh, Adam, I heard from everybody, and they're like, you have to watch the show. It's the best. Um, I really, I'm just starting Hacks right now. Loved it immediately. Uh, love Jean Smart. I feel like she's definitely going to be in the running. Um, you know what? The flight attendant was a little uh, problematic for me. I didn't necessarily love it. Uh, there was parts of it. She got kind of annoying, the character. Um, so, you know, if that gets nominated, I guess I understand why it would, but it's definitely not on my top list. Um, Kaminsky Method, I know I have not seen it, so I still don't know. <laughs> I still don't know uh, about that, but of course, that's, you know, I, I know that people love it and it's been, you know, talked about. I I also want to try to check out Girls uh, 5 Eva because uh, I think um, I've heard a lot of great things about that. But I'm just noticing here also Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist. Don't count that out. That might actually make it, make it on the list. Um, that just got canceled. I know, but I still feel like maybe it'll get a resurgence. I mean, I've only heard really great things about it. So, um, you know, it, it might actually make it on there. But I think it's Ted Lasso's to lose. Absolutely. Yeah. You, you know, Andrew, it's, it's interesting looking at this list. I mean, I'm looking at last year's nominees. You had Chits Creek that won. Curb Your Enthusiasm didn't have a season this year. Um, Chits Creek is, is done with now. Dead to Me was nominated last year. That's that didn't air this year. Uh, the Good Place was nominated last year. That show was done. Insecure was nominated last year. That show um, didn't air this year. What We Do in the Shadows was a surprise nominee last year. Also didn't air this year. Uh, Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, perennial nominee, again, didn't, didn't air this year. So the only other nominee from last year, I guess, is the Komeninsky Method, which you know comes back with uh, – 
you know, they bring Kathleen Turner into the cast to reunite her with Mike, Michael Douglas and romancing in the Stone Days. <laughs> um, but, uh, and then Blackish, you know, is, uh, has been nominated in the past, but not last year. Well, what do you what do you think about the nominees for best um, comedy series? Well, first, th- thank you for mentioning Girls Five Eva. Full full disclosure, I work at Peacock, uh, so I. <laughs> Probably shouldn't try to tout that because I'm not here marketing our shows, but uh, I'm glad that you mentioned it. Um, Yeah, I mean, I agree with everybody. Like Ted Lasso, it seems like the odds on favorite at this point that I can really remember maybe since like the first season of Modern Family that everybody who watched it just was like, oh, I loved that. And, And not just like I loved that, but also that, there wasn't like a lot of like, there's no cynicism to that show. Like, it's just like a, a delightful show to watch. And I feel like it's been a while since we've seen a show like that. And yeah, I, I just think that's going to win. I don't even know like what could challenge it. You know, the flight attendant too dark hacks too new. I, like, I don't know if everyone's seen it. Um, Pen 15's too weird, Kaminsky method, who cares? And it's like, you know, Blackish like almost always gets nominated, but it's never won. I don't know why it would win all of a sudden. And then, yeah, then you get into like Master of None and, and, and those shows. It just seems like it's Ted Lasso's to lose for sure. But I'm also glad you mentioned Cobra Kai. I think Cobra Kai is, is I actually think that's the best comedy on TV. I actually liked it better than Ted Lasso. I, 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 I thought this season was not as strong, but it's just, I just find that show to just be a pure delight to watch. Um, and Billy Zabka, like whenever we get to the comedy actor, he yeah. should get nominated. He's probably not going to, but he is just brilliant on that show. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, that, that would be my, my outside looking in that, that I would hope could snag a nomination uh, is Cobra Kai. And then, of course, you know, Girls 5 Eva. But, um, you know, I probably shouldn't say that to keep. Um, first of all, I got to say that uh, uh, Cobra Kai, I would, I would absolutely love to see Cobra Kai get a nomination for best um, – Best comedy series that that would that would be wonderful and and Girls by Love is great I mean the music on that show is is absolutely hilarious um, then uh, you kind of look down the line and there's you know lots of serviceable comedies just kind of out there you've got like Mr Mayor another Peacock show um, you know a lot of L A people would relate L A voters would relate to that show because um, it makes fun of like a rich dude in Brentwood who um, suddenly becomes mayor. Um, some people like Emily in Paris. Keenan Thompson is popular with the Academy. You know, maybe, maybe he gets nominated for that. Uh, there's that, that weird HBO show made for love Dickinson search party. Um, there's just a lot of stuff out there. Adam, any, anything um, you saw this year that you'd love to see get nominated that we haven't mentioned? Well, it's funny because you look at certain things that are, you know, might be comedies or might not be comedies, but I think the drama category on the whole has a lot more depth to it. Um, and this is a little bit front front loaded. You know, 
I could mention Master of None, for example, but you know, I think I'll tell you the truth, and I need to go back and give it another shot. But I tried watching the third season; I just couldn't get into it. Um, I know what they were trying to do, but uh, you, you know, there's a reason we were attached to Dev Shaw and, and you know the previous storylines um, to just switch to one character and a, and a, a new plot. Uh, I don't know. It just didn't resonate with me the same way, but maybe I needed to give it more time. Um, and then you look at, you know, some other candidates here, you know, like, uh, you know, I know Emily in Paris got nominated for some Golden Globes, but it was mostly mocked for it. <laughs> right. I mean, maybe right. the new season, new season of Shrill perhaps should be getting more consideration. Um, but I, I don't know. It, it's weird because we're, th- there's a lot of great stuff on TV, but I think a lot of it's in the drama and limited series categories. Yeah. Okay. Any, any sleepers on your end for who could be nominated for best comedy series? No, not really. <laughs> I really okay. feel like, you know, I don't, I don't watch too much, uh, broadcast anymore. You know, like the, 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 the uh, regular networks anymore. I'm all streaming, so yeah. I mean, like I said, I, I just love Ted Lasso, so I just feel like it's going to be the one. What, 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 all right, what, what, what was never have yeah. I ever not eligible for this year? Did it just get phased out between the year before? I guess I the think new that, season yeah, comes I think that was last next month. I think that was last season. For last that's something I June June first to May thirty first. I see. So they must have just missed it. But that's, a, I would have said that, you know, a award-winning level show in my mind. Um, here, I will tell you in just a minute if it's eligible. Maybe it is eligible, but it's, um, no, it was technically last year. Last year. I'm sorry, Adam. Okay. Yeah, no problem. But it, season two premieres July 15th, so maybe next year. Yeah, excited um, for that. <laughs> All right, um, let's move on and talk about best uh, comedy actor. I'll try to pick up the pace a little bit here. But um, you've got, uh, if you look at the nominees from last year um, in comedy actor, Eugene Levy won. And then uh, you know, Ted Danson was nominated for The Good Place. Michael Douglas was nominated. Rami Youssef was nominated. Uh, Don Cheadle for Black Monday and Anthony Anderson. So, um, again, uh, kind of a, a fresh, clean slate here that we can work with. Um, and then you, you got to figure Jason Sudeikis, is, who, who won both the SAG and the Golden Globe, gets nominated. Um, and, Andrew, I'm with you. Billy Zabka, and I'm looking at the Gold Derby odds, and they actually have him you know, as a potential nominee here, but behind Ralph Macchio. But Billy Zabka makes oh. that show. It, oh. the, Ralph Macchio is terrible on that show. He, he really is, actually. He's not a good actor at all. Um, no. Zabka, I, I was watching that show. I started watching it from the start, you know, a few, you know, six months ago or whatever, and I was like, wow, how has Billy Zabka not won an Emmy for Cobra Kai? At least been nominated. He, you you got to think he, he gets in this year, right? I would hope so. I mean, I'm looking at the Gold Derby stuff, too. And the one that is sticking out to me that I do not understand is Keenan Thompson for Keenan. That right. show is unwatchably bad. 
Like that show is awful. And it's funny because they all look half asleep on it because he's literally flying back between LA and New York to film that show. Um, So, I mean, that's a spot that, that I feel like he could slide out of pretty easily and, and you could put Billy Zabka in there for sure. Well, actually, I mean, I guess he might already be in, I don't even know how many nominees there are. They change it like every year. Um, but yeah, I agree with you. Like some of the moments Billy Zabka has on. Okay. So hopefully he gets in. I mean, some of the moments that he's had on Cobra Kai in the last season, I'm just like, man, this guy is a genius. And, and it's just like, who would have thought like, cause you haven't really seen much of him. Um, in the last few like years, nothing. like he's been like, the 80s like he basically shows up as right. himself playing like a villain version of himself. Like he was in like hot tub time machine and, uh, and he was right. on, um, how I met your mother. <laughs> but yeah, like, so I hope he gets to, and you know, that show obviously never got its due because the first two seasons were on YouTube or on like when it was YouTube red. And and now that it's on Netflix, it's finally getting its due. So so I hope that he can they can correct the wrong here and finally nominate him. Yeah, yeah. Other names out there: Michael Douglas, uh, for Kominsky Method, Anthony Anderson, Ted Danson, a perennial nominee for Mr. Mayor potentially this time around. And then you know William H Macy gets nominated here or there. Um, get any any particular strong opinions here about comedy actor? Um, again, I feel like it's Jason Sudeikis to lose. I don't feel like who who could who could challenge him, just like in the uh you know, the yeah. zombie series too. I just feel like it's like a Shits Creek kind of situation and I just feel like uh Ted Lass is gonna sweep that. So, um, you know, I really have no opinion about anybody else really. <laughs> oh, Alan Tudyk. I heard Resident uh Resident uh, Alien was pretty funny. Did you guys check that out? No, I didn't I see it, but I heard it was good. I haven't seen that. But I will tell you, I was just looking at Billy Zabka's career, and I totally forgot that he was the boyfriend in European Vacation. That <laughs> just made that connection. <laughs> Sorry, man. I remembered him in Just One of the Guys, where he played the villainous, like, school guy just as, like usual. Like he's usual, yeah. <laughs> and Honestly, I thought really he had done nice. in 35 years. Isn't he like a yeah. really nice person in real life? That's what I heard. I have like heard he's one of the nicest people you'll ever meet. All right, any other feedback on uh, on comedy actor? Otherwise, we'll move on to comedy actress. Um, all right, we'll move to comedy actress. Um so according to Gold Derby, the early favorite is Kaylee Cuoco for the flight attendant. But I, I got to tell you, I don't see how anyone beats Jean Smart for hacks. Nope. I mean, nope. Yeah, I agree. Nope. She is nope. phenomenal. And, the, and this is this is her year. You know, a lot of people thought she should have won for Watchmen last year, but then yep. she, uh, she had that role in Mayor of Easttown. And so you can see, like, the range from two different roles there. It's going yep. on at the same time on the same network. Yeah, no one beats Dean Smart, right? No, I don't think so. I, I agree. Yeah, I, <laughs> like I said, she bugs the shit out of me after a while on that show, so <laughs> I don't want her to win. <laughs> um, I'll just add, though, uh, 
for, for potential nominees. Renee Elise Goldsberry on Girls Five Eva is is great, and so I hope I hope she gets the nomination. Um, and then you, you know you've got she, your your Alice she's Kennedy, in uh, Alfred Carson, right? Renee Elise Goldsberry is she? I need to watch I Girls Five Eva. Hamilton. Hamilton, right? Yeah, Adam, if there's one show you would love, it's, it's Girls Five Eva. Um, yeah, I need to watch. Maybe, that. maybe like Lena Waithe gets the nomination here. One of the women from Pen Fifteen, but I don't know. Sarah Bareilles potentially, Lily Collins. But <laughs> any other feedback here on uh, on uh, comedy well, actress? You know, the, since yeah, since Kansas. you mentioned Girls Five, Eva, I'm gonna say I'm gonna take that as the note that I can. Um, I mean, I really thought Sarah Bareilles was great on that show, too. Uh, yeah. I mean, obviously, I'd love to see everybody in the cast get nominated. Um, but, yeah, I thought she was great. And, it's like, and that was also one where it's like, I didn't realize she could act. And she's really funny. Like, I, I just, just, how talented can one person be? But, um, yeah. So, very talented. And of course, and of course, Alice and Janney has to get nominated for the last season of Mom, right? Like it's oh right. Like I think that like I think that there's like a rule in the Emmys that Alice and Janney must get nominated every year. <laughs> like that's a rule. If she makes something, right, she gets just nominated. Look, just looking at like last year's nominees, you know, Catherine O'Hara won, and then Christina Applegate, Rachel Brosnahan, Linda Cardellini. Issa Rae, all of those women, um, you know, weren't on shows that were on this year. And so then the only one who was nominated last year who could repeat is Tracy Ellis Ross, who does seem to get a nomination every year for, for Blackish. But, um, all right, let's move on. Uh, we'll quickly do supporting. I'll, I'll just do comedy supporting actress. It's on my screen right here. Um, and you got to go back to Ted Lasso and figure the favorite yep. has to be the shame woman herself, Hannah Waddingham. Um, I mean, I'm seeing some other names on here, like Kate McKinnon, for some reason, has won this before, but it, it's got to be Hannah Waddingham, right? And anyone want to comment? It, the, yeah. the only other one I could think would be Juno Temple. Right. <laughs> was, uh, right. I, I think I like even more, but Hannah Waddingham's character has a lot of depth to it, so I can't really object. No, yeah, I think I she's going to win yeah, they're for boarded. sure. She's a lead actress, but but you know what? I, I think Sorry, the yeah. uh, uh, the young, the young comic writer on Hacks, Hannah and Binder, Einbender, she's fantastic she's too. She's fantastic too. Oh my gosh, so good! So I, I'm sure she's going to get nominated, um, but I, I definitely think uh, Hannah from from Ted Lasso will probably win. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm with you. So the two Hannahs, and then um, also throw out, I, I a lot of girls fight off around, but Paula Pell is pretty funny on that show, too. So, um, yeah. I agree. All right. Andrew or Adam, anything else there? Um, I mean, I guess people then, from uh, SNL will get nominated again, but you... <laughs> We've done this podcast many times. I think we all know my thoughts on people from variety shows getting nominated in this category. I'm with you, Andrew. I'm with you. And SNL wasn't even good this year at all. 
Not really, no. Well, that's an interesting take. I actually thought I actually thought after the election, SNL was the best it's been in like three or four years. Well, there were some good episodes, but it's still kind of I don't know. <laughs> yeah, the Dan Levy episode when he hosted was was great, but most of the season I thought was pretty bad. I don't even know why I still watch it. Um, all right, and then. Uh, Comedy supporting actor, I see, I don't know why, Bowen Yang. I thought he was still in the featuring section, but he's listed as a potential nominee here. But I got to say, I think that the best comedy actor this year, supporting actor, was Brett Goldstein and Ted Lasso, right? Yeah. Anyone disagree? Brett Goldstein was great. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right, let's. Let's move on. They're to all good, though. Best. Everybody's so good. Everybody. Yeah. Best. I mean, I like I like Brendan Hunt a lot. I like Brendan Hunt yeah. a lot too. Uh, let's I, move I, on to I best drama see, series. I see oh, some sorry, similarities between you, Andrew, and Coach Beard. You have a similar kind of like. <laughs> Yeah, we kind of have a similar vibe. Anyway, I'm just hanging out in the background. (laughs) (laughs) Like just, you know, giving those little (laughs) one-liners. I just love the the, the Uh, unspoken relationship between he and Ted Lasso. I mean, that's the the best part, you know. It's like they obviously have this history together, and you don't even need to explain it or even show it. It's just, yeah, they're fantastic. That show is just fantastic. All right. Let's, and let's there's also, I mean, I don't think about... anybody, um, I don't think anybody's watched the Kaminsky method, but uh, I, someone was watching it on a plane I was on yesterday, and Paul Reiser is is on this season, and he plays a bald man with a ponytail, <laughs> and I, I just, I think that that deserves some recognition. I don't know if it's Emmy worthy, but he he has a bald ponytail, and sure, and sure. You know, I've always liked Paul Reiser. I feel like he's um, you know, he's an underrated actor. He never got enough love. Yeah, you know, he he did get nominations for Matter About You for the Emmys. Remember Stranger Things? He had that uh, second season run, and he was in uh, Whiplash as the dad. Right. I think right. it was a show called uh, called Red Oak on Amazon that I love. I want to point out Paul Reiser was nominated five years in a row. He was nominated for an Emmy for Mad About You. Never won. Never won. Maybe. Actually, he actually did, did the year. He actually just did the movie with um, Kevin Hart, Fatherhood, which, by the way, is not a bad movie if you guys want to check it out. I was actually impressed by Kevin Hart in that, but he plays his boss in that, so. Sure. You know, but the thing Don't that forget was, he was heartening on the Paul Reiser show that was canceled. What's <laughs> yeah. cool. mad about you was that he kept being nominated. I always felt, not that Helen Hunt isn't great, but to me he was still the the, the champion of that show, and he, he never won, and she would win every single year. It just felt yep. like one time he could get it, you know, but they yep. just never gave it to him. 
Yeah, it looks like he lost to Kelsey Grammer a whole bunch of times, as well as um, for Frazier. And a few times he lost to John Lithgow for third rock from the sun. Although, I mean, John Lithgow, you have to admit, like that, that was a tough role to play, the third rock from the sun guy. You go back and watch it. Yeah. Um, all right, let's move on to drama series. And I got to say, there's so many great limited series this year, so we're not, we're not going to spend time on that. But I almost wonder if it would be, this category would be more interesting if they combined drama series and limited series. Like if they just said, hey, you, you aired eight episodes or more, or maybe six episodes or more, you're a series, and, and we just we just count it. Um, especially since, you know, there's been talk of a second season from Air of East Town, but, but it's still technically a limited series. So it's kind of doing the Big Little Lies thing where it'll probably announce the second season like the week after the Emmys. Um, but regardless, we have the nominees we have. So uh, this last year's winner was Succession, which didn't air this year. The only nominee from last year, sorry, a few nominees from last year that did air this year for The Crown has been nominated every year. You got to figure that'll get nominated again. Uh, the Handmaid's Tale has been nominated every year. You got to figure that'll be nominated again. And then The Mandalorian was nominated uh, in its first season, so it would it would be a surprise if it wasn't nominated a second year. Um, but I think this category is a little bit wide open. I mean, the, the odds makers say The Crown is the favorite, but you know, Bridgerton was was incredibly popular this year and. And got a lot of buzz, and I wouldn't count out The Boys from Amazon Prime, mm-hmm. um, which everyone seems to be talking about. Um, I, I think that's got a shot to, to make some waves. What, what do you guys think? Chad, I'll start with you. Um, yeah, I mean it's 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 a good show. It's it's and there was some some you know that first season was just like oh my god, what am I watching right now? So so violent, but just great. Yeah, and there was some more depth to it in the second season that I I, I was I appreciated. Um, the Crown was a great season too. Um, Lovecraft Country as well. That's 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 uh, you know it was kind of a weird deal, but I, I I kind of dug it. The Handmaid's Tale. I know that that you know when it first came out, obviously it was just so mind blowing that it just won everything. And then the season started to kind of, you know, not get so – I didn't – the second season was, was good, but the third season definitely wasn't as, as up to par, in my opinion. But this past season, this fourth season, was really good. Like, back to, you know, the first season kind of level of good, in my opinion. So um, – I have a feeling it might, it's probably going to get up there again because it's, it's also going to have what one more season and then it's going to be done. So, you know, maybe it won't win, but maybe next, next, if, if, if they keep up the same quality they did this past season, that last season of Handmaid's Tale, you know, might, might win it all. But um, yeah, I, I really, I really did like it. I just finished watching it. It was pretty powerful. So, but probably the crown. <laughs> just because it was so talked about and, you know, controversy aside from all the, you know, revisionist history that they claim happened with, with, uh, with Diana and everything. But, um, you know, that was, that was a pretty spectacular season. So I have a feeling that'll be hard to beat. And, you know, that's never actually won best drama before, even, even though it, it is a fantastic show. Um, 
But Andrew, I got to tell you, if I was a voter, I would pick the Mandalorian for best drama. What do you think about who can get nominated here? I, I agree with you that I would vote for the Mandalorian. Um, I think sometimes what I mean. It's kind of cheating because obviously it has a budget that is so much bigger than every other every other show on here maybe combined. But sometimes we forget about things like production values and directing and like set decoration and all that kind of visual effects. Like when we're thinking about like the composition of a show, and that show is just so head and shoulders above anything else I've ever seen on television with regards to that. Like even Game of like it makes Game of Thrones look like it was like shot on like a you know a fifty dollar budget like it's just it's just remarkable and and this season i thought was was also a major step above the first season which i also thought was great i i would give it to the mandalorian like i just don't i, I can't think of something that is better like this is the show i mean if, if you gave it to game of thrones every year like i don't know why you wouldn't give it to mandalorian as well um yeah, I mean, and then in terms of the nominees, like, you know, you have, like, Lovecraft Country. It was last season of Pose. It feels like there's, like, a bunch of things that are getting thrown in. And, like, I agree, it's probably between, like, The Crown, Mandalorian, and Bridgerton. Um, but, like, you, I could see something like a Lovecraft Country upset or Handmaid's Tale maybe um, coming back. But I would go with The Mandalorian. Okay. Yeah, I loved it too. Um, by the way, I did. <laughs> I, I'm so just going to throw some other shows out there. Adam, I'll get to you in a minute. But I heard some people say sure. "Raised by Wolves." That's fantastic. I've heard some people say "Shadow and Bone" is fantastic. I heard people say it's "Industry" okay. was fantastic. <laughs> I heard people say "For All Mankind" is is fantastic. Uh, Key Valley has gotten a lot of buzz. Um, Perry Mason uh, was really good. Perry Mason. Perry Mason. Yeah, it was really good. The first one, I couldn't, I couldn't get through it. Um, all right, uh, Adam, what, what do you think about uh, best drama series? Well, I think you know it, it's funny because the top three contenders are all in genres that I love, <laughs> right? Between the, the the fantasy with Star Wars, Bridgerton being sort of my period piece, you know, Jane Austen. Uh, affinities and then you got the crown which is you know this classic historical fiction uh so i I, if any one of those three wins uh i'd be thrilled but i guess i'll give a a little bit of a a, some support to bridgerton because i really think that show uh was enormously captivating uh and also a bit groundbreaking right for what it did with uh representation of color uh, it was extremely well acted. Uh, it, I guess, Andrew, to take your point, The Mandalorian was an it show, but so was Bridgerton, right? In a way, it was kind of uh, all-consuming over a period of time and had so many views. And so, uh, you know, I'd be happy if any of them won. Um, and I would say of the later categories, so I did watch Shadow and Bone, uh, Phil, and I really liked it. Um, I don't think I'd give it the award, but I appreciated you mentioning it uh, as someone who was a fan. Uh, and I think one show that I, I feel is perennially underrated is Snowpiercer. I love that show. Um, and I don't think it's, uh, 
really in in line to be nominated, but I think it should be. It's especially the second season with Sean Bean was really incredible, uh, gripping and and went into some deep uh, political mechanics. So hopefully it surprised someone. And also his dark material as a huge fan of the of the book series. Uh, it's worth mentioning, but I don't think any of those are going to make it to the nominee list. All right. I, I still, like I said, don't don't be surprised. The boys winds up winning the big Emmy. Um, oh, I don't think he's going to win. <laughs> um, but uh, any other shows you guys want to mention that you, you think could deserve a nomination, even if it's not going to get one? No, right. no, not really. <laughs> uh, all right, I, um, I was going to mention a show, but I, I forgot. It. That's right. We'll we'll move on. Um, all right, best um, drama actor. I'm finding it on my screen here. Best drama actor. So uh, the early favorite here is Josh O'Connor, who did win the Golden Globe, but I think did he win the SAG as well? No, the SAG went to Jason Bateman actually for Ozark. Um, it's a little hard because that was, that was last year, but uh, Josh O'Connor for the crown playing Prince Charles, that, he was fantastic. It's hard to believe any, anyone else could, could beat him. Uh, you look at the yeah. nominees though from last year, Jeremy Strong won actually for succession. Uh, Jason Bate was nominated. Sterling K. Brown is, he's kind of nominated all the time for this is us. Um, Steve Carell was nominated for The Morning Show. That didn't air this year. Brian Cox, you know, not for this year. And then Billy Porter, who won two years ago. you got to think he'd get nominated again for Pose. Um, but, uh, you know, you're looking at uh, Roger Jean Paget. I don't know if I have that right. From Bridgerton. Um, this is the, his only year on the show, so you, you got to figure he's going to get a nomination. Uh, Maybe Pedro Pascal gets in for the Mandalorian. He took off his mask a couple times. Uh, but, uh, Andrew, I'll start with you. Any thoughts about uh, best drama actor? Yeah, I think Reggae Jean Page, like, it's like he said, it's his only chance to win for that show, right? I mean, it's very rare that a TV series has its lead character that they're just like, yep, they're not coming back. Sorry, because I guess that's what happens in the books. Um, and he was no such sense. a. It makes no sense. Is that what you said? Yeah, I mean, like, like, why would you? He's the reason so many people were watching, right? Like, find a way yeah. to get him into season two. <laughs> you know, and, and I, and yeah, I think it's not like a, it's not like a Sean Bean from Game of Thrones thing either. You know, where they had to kill him off in the first season. It's, yeah. And and I think that he's um, was such a you know just big star from that. I mean, you know, he hosted Saturday Night Live. You know, kind of came out of nowhere, and and everybody was talking about him for like a month. I I, <clears throat> I kind of feel like he's going to win. Maybe I don't know. I think it's going to be Josh O'Connor, though. I just think. All the momentum from the crown, I, I could be wrong, but the way he played Charles, I, I just thought people really, really gravitated towards too. But Adam, what do you think? Yeah, I, I, I agree. 
I, I think it's gonna. The Crown tends to do well at these award shows, right? I mean, we we know that. I I think Paige is the only one that can beat him. Um, and I mean, I think he has a chance, right? Because, but again, was <laughs> was it that his acting was so great, or was he just, you know, a very likable character? <laughs> that that would be my question. So, I mean, I think if this is a true acting award, it should be O'Connor. Kit, any anyone you think here should get a nomination might begin as a surprise. Maybe uh, I don't know uh, someone from The Boys, Anthony Mackie, maybe from The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. What, what do you think? <laughs> um, I I see him on the Gold Derby, but Matthew Reese and Perry Mason, one hundred percent needs to get nominated. Um, you know, I don't think he'll win either. I th- I think you guys are right about Josh O'Connor, but um, I I thought he was fantastic. And of course, now I'm watching the Americans for the first time. Yes, I know, guys, I know. But he's just a good, he's just a really good actor, and uh, <laughs> I think uh, you know I think he deserves a nomination for that role from Perry Mason for sure. <laughs> All right. Um. Let's move on, and we'll talk about uh, best actress in a drama. Um, so you've kind of got uh, sort of a crown duel here with uh, Emma Corrin, who played Diana, and Olivia Coleman, who, who plays Elizabeth. Um, it's kind of the two favorites. And then I feel like it's those two and everybody else. Um, Unless right. I know Adam, you, you may like uh, Phoebe uh, Dinavore for Bridgerton. You know, maybe Sarah Paulson gets a nomination for Ratchet. Elizabeth Moss will almost certainly you figure get a nomination for The Handmaid's Tale, which she has um, in the past several times. Although she didn't actually get one last year, interestingly enough. But uh, you know, there's no Killing Eve to to get you know Jodie Comer and Sandra Oh dual nominations. Um, you know, beyond that, I mean, I don't know. It looks like Hilary Swank was in a TV show this year. I didn't even realize that. Um, so, uh, Adam, any, any thoughts here on um, best actress in a drama? I mean, I think I think you pretty much covered it, right? I mean, there's there's some high profile names, I guess, which counts for something. But I just kind of feel like it's going to be. I don't know. I still have a hunch. That uh, Olivia Coleman sometimes wins even when she's she's the underdog. So I wouldn't count her out. Uh, she has a way of of just charming voters. So maybe she's seems like the secondary option from the Crown, but I still think she could win. Um, and then I don't know, maybe um, you know the the lead from uh, Bridgerton has a chance as well. Um, what's her name? Uh, Phoebe Dinovore. Phoebe Dinovore. Yeah. Daphne, you know, that character. I think she'd have <laughs> maybe an outside chance. All right. Um, any, any thoughts on drama actress here? You've also got Uzo Aduba, who, who's won for, like, guest actress a bunch. Um, they kept giving her a guest actress for Orange is the New Black, but DC, you know, turns into a psychologist for in treatment. Um Remember Gabriel Garcia Byrne or whatever kept getting nominated for that show every year. But what do you think about um, uh, drama actor? Gabriel Gabriel Byrne. 
Gabriel Byrne. Gabriel Byrne. The original. Sorry. Yes. I actually really loved that first couple seasons of any treatment. I haven't watched this one yet. I haven't brought myself to watch it yet, but uh you know, it's a it's an it's an intriguing show. Um so I can't speak to Uzo. I thought Tierney Smollett though in Lovecraft Country was really good. Even though that show was like I said, kinda weird. <laughs> And uh, you know, a little hard to to follow. She she did a really good job. Um, so you know, I have a feeling she might she might get nominated. But it, it's definitely going to be between the two crown people. I mean, I thought Emma Corrin was really gr- great as Diana. She really captured that spirit. But I mean, I don't know. Olivia Coleman to me is just. <laughs> She's just magical. I just love watching her. So, you know, if I were to pick out of the two, I'd pick her. <laughs> All right. Andrew, any thoughts here about this category? Any, any women you think should get nominated or um, or anyone you think will win? I mean, it's hard to pick against Olivia Coleman, I find. Um, so I, I want to make her the favorite. Yeah, and I think I, I agree with with mostly everybody, everything that uh, or everybody that everybody else has said so far. Um, I mean, like like once you get from like the top part of the list and you start going down, it's tough to make much of a case for anybody. I mean, like Hillary Swank had a show uh, that got canceled. She's a two time Oscar winner. Um, but yeah, I, I just don't see I don't see anybody like really getting into like the top tier that we already talked about. Yeah. All right. Um uh, moving on to best supporting actress in a drama. Um we could talk about the nominees here, but really Julian Anderson's going to win this and oh, is yeah. there any reason 100%. to discuss it any further? No, not really. No, I don't <laughs> think so. <laughs> Um, she actually won the SAG over both Olivia Coleman and uh, Emma Corrin, so which is interesting. But she moved down to supporting for this. Uh, and then uh, drama supporting actor. This, this is maybe a little bit more interesting. Um, Michael K. Williams might be the favorite for Lovecraft Country. I've always thought Tobias Menzies did a great job for The Crown. Um, don't forget John Lithgow won this award for um, – the crown actually now he's back in Perry Mason and I believe Brad Whitford won this award for uh, the West Wing back in the day and he could be nominated for The Handmaid's Tale and apparently no man has ever won Best Supporting Actor for a Drama twice for two different shows so uh, there you go that that would that barrier would be broken um, but Giancarlo Esposito I guess he's all right in The Mandalorian but this is a little bit of a weak list here um, I see Wyatt Russell for the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, but uh, any any thoughts? Did you actually watch Lovecraft Country? What do you think about Michael K. Williams maybe winning here? Um, he was quite good in it, you know, and there was sort of a twist to his character as well um, that you didn't really see coming at first. Um, I'm not going to spoil it in case somebody wants to watch it. Uh, and he did a nice job with that, but um, you know, I, I like I said, I, I the show is just kind of a, a an odd show, and I just don't know how many people really watched it. Even though you know he he's topping the list here. Um, again, I would probably pick Tobias Menzies. I mean, he's just an actor I've always appreciated as well. Uh, and I thought some of the stuff he did as Prince Philip in this season of Crown was just 
pretty spectacular, especially that one about about the uh, meeting the astronauts who went to the moon. You know, did you guys watch that episode and how you know he he was expecting some kind of profound uh, explanation or some 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 profound perspective from these men who stepped on the moon? And yeah, they were just basically saying, "Well, we're just doing that our was job." The third season, though. <laughs> Oh, was that? That was the was third it this season. Past season. Yeah, this is oh. no, it wasn't season four. Oh, okay. Then I'm I wrong was, on that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He didn't get enough. Okay. Last year. I thought. I don't even think he got nominated last year to my Sundays. Yeah, he did not get nominated last year. Oh. Okay. Well, anyway, I digress. I mean, I, I. Never mind. But I still like him as Prince Philip. I thought he was I, – I think he does a nice job. So, um, so yeah. Last, that's my last year's winner, by the way, was Billy Crudup for the morning show, um, who actually – Oh, right. Yes. Um, I get, yeah, but All that's right. – I mean, that's exactly what, like, the Emmys is about, right? I mean, that was such a surprise. Like, I don't think anybody was like, oh, yeah, Crudup right. here. <laughs> right. So we all thought it was going to be Kieran Culkin for Succession. That was kind of what we thought yeah. last year. Right. I think every actor on Succession was nominated, pretty much. So. Yeah, but if I remember, even even the guy who plays Greg talking about Crudup, you you were making the case for him on one of these shows, Andrew. I distinctly remember that. But, but <laughs> I was making the case last year. I mean, I'm, I'm a I'm a Crudup fan from way back. <laughs> But but I I have two words for you for this category and and and, and yeah. then it's a mic drop. Omar coming. That's all I gotta say. Okay. All right. I'd love to see Omar win win that Emmy. That would that would be great. Um. All right. Let's move on to um, best limited series. So this to me is is a really interesting category because you've got so many great limited series that are coming out every year, um, and this is limited to just five nominees. So um, you've got to figure the Queen's Gambit would get nominated. You've got to figure oh, Mayor yeah. of Easttown gets nominated. Um, I have to think WandaVision would get a nomination too, right? I'd be... Oh, yeah. I'd be it has to. And then... I can't believe the I undoing heard... could be on the outside of this with that cast and that high profile of a story, but it could be. Well... I've heard great things about that and small acts. I've heard fantastic things from the three people who watched I May Destroy You. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, and the, 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 the critics who all saw small acts love small acts. I don't know anyone who didn't who saw that that wasn't actually a critic. So, um, Dan, I'll start with you again. What do you think about limited series? Yeah, this is, this is tough, man. <laughs> this is a tough category this is really hard to predict uh i mean you know i guess i guess according to gold uh gold derby queen's gambit is on the top of the list the front runner at this point which t- makes total sense but you know mayor of east town was so good as, as well and um i did not see i may destroy so i've heard a lot about it but i have not seen it and i didn't see uh another one here that seems to be on the top of the list, the Underground Railroad. Did you guys check that out? No. Okay. Um, I have not yet. I mean, that's Barry, Barry, Barry Jenkins made that show. Right. And I heard it's really rough to watch. I right? mean, what is it on? 
Is it on Hulu or something? I don't even know. It's on uh, Amazon. That's on Amazon. Oh, Amazon. Okay. And then you've got WandaVision, which I guess why it's in this category, because I guess there really isn't going to be a second season of it, I suppose. But, um, you know, it's really, really tough. I, you know, I think the Queen's Gambit might sneak it, you know, ahead of Mare of Easttown, but I feel like it's really between those two, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, interesting. Uh, Adam, what do you think about limited series? <laughs> I think it's got to be Queen, Queen's Gambit, right? I mean, <laughs> to me, it's just it's the lock. I just can't see it not winning. I mean, it was, and it still sort of blows my mind that that show became so popular. If you were pitching that to me as an executive, I would have said, you know, because of the quality, let's produce it. But I would never think it would be a hit like it was, which kind of speaks to just how great it was, right? And the word of mouth, uh, you know. There are people I talk to, work colleagues of mine, I've, I've never even heard of them watching TV, who seem to have watched this show somehow. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I still haven't got seen into that ether. I couldn't lie. What's that, Phil? I still haven't seen The Queen's Gambit, but I will. Oh, my gosh. Well, you're the, it came out so right you're the one. Right around the time the baby was coming out, it was way too much going on, and then I, I like missed the window when it was popular. So um, I, I will see it at some point. Well, it might it might encourage you to keep your daughter away from uh, the, the pill, green, white and green pills that much. <laughs> what about from chess? Should I keep her away from chess? <laughs> no, no, let her play chess. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, Andrew, any thoughts here about limited series? I'm curious, you know, who do you think could be nominated here? I just think that this should be the ca- – I mean, I would say this should be the category that closes the night. Yeah. I think that some, something interesting that's happened in the last two or three years – through two or three years, and, you know, it's one of those, like, everything that's that's old is new again or however that expression goes, you know, like, in, like, the 70s and 80s, you know, like, those miniseries were, like, the thing. Like, you had, like, Roots and the Thornbirds and mm-hmm. North versus South and, and all those things. And that that was, like, the thing. Like, that was prestige television back then. And many series went away for a while. But now it's, like, and, you know, it started with, like, Big Little Lies and True Detective when those were, like, kind of closed off miniseries and other kind of anthology shows. But... Like, the limited series to me is, like, the, the number one thing in television right now. And you see it in totally. this category with with Queen's Gambit, which was, like, something everyone was talking about. Underground Railroad, you have Barry Jenkins made that, you know, one of the most talented directors uh, working right now. Small Axe made by Steve McQueen, another one of the most talented directors working right now. Um, and then you have WandaVision, which was crashing Disney Plus, Mayor of East Town, which was crashing HBO Max. It's like, <laughs> this is like the most popular stuff, and it's also the best stuff. And then you have a critic starling, like, I may destroy you thrown in there. And like Adam said, like, maybe The Undoing doesn't even get nominated, which is crazy. Right, which and like, crazy. And like, 
And I mean, Fargo season four, like we didn't even talk about that. Um, and that was great. And it, it just, to me, it's like right now, it, it really feels like the limited series or like your honor or the stand, like all of these other, like, like big time shows aren't even going to get nominated. And yeah, it, it just feels like almost the most prestigious category, maybe across all of entertainment right now. Uh, especially this year, given like that the Oscars were so limited with, with best picture, like, like this seems like the kind of prestige award. And yeah, I, I think it's like kind of what I named seems like the top stuff. I think it's undoing will probably get in, but I think ultimately like cooler heads will prevail and the queen's gambit's going to end up winning. Um, and also I would personally say, I don't think WandaVision should be nominated that, like, the first two or three episodes of that show were cool. That was one of those shows where it's like, wow, this is interesting. What's happening? And then it just got terrible. Oh, well, that's <laughs> like not last, how I felt, but okay. Like the, um, last, like, the last two episodes were like a video game come to life. And I was like, all right, this is, I've had my fill of this. Um, okay. I, if it were up to me, I don't know how you guys feel. About it. If it were up to me, we would actually get rid of this category. And just combine, you know, all these shows could be nominated for best drama, and then you you would have, you'd have The Crown, Bridgerton, and The Mandalorian going up against Queen's Gambit, Mayor of Easttown. Um, How does that work? That would, <laughs> I, I, you would just you just, it would just be a lot more. It would be a really compelling category with all these great shows you know, going up against each other. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I've already mentioned that what, you know, the, the line between limited series and drama series is more and more blurred these days, especially, um, I mean, The Crown is, is not a limited series, but it has a new cast every two years, a completely new cast every two years. Um Mayor of Easttown is a limited series, but it might announce a season two in, in September, kind of like Big Little Lies. Um, I just would lump it all together. If you're a drama, you go up against other dramas. If you're, if you're a comedy, you go up against other comedies. And, and I, I think, you know, it would shorten the show a little bit, and it would, you know, make it, I think, a lot more interesting to have, you know, six or seven or eight nominees that a lot of people saw all going up against each other. I think that would be really interesting. Well, that's not going to happen, buddy. I'm just looking down the list here. I don't even know why the girlfriend experience is considered a limited series, considering it's the third season, but whatever. Um, True. But there's a lot of vehicles here in, you know, Andrew mentioned a few, like your honor, the stand, Halston, um, which have big names attached to them, like Ewan McGregor in Halston and Chris Rock, who, you know, was in Fargo, was, you know, in dramatic role, and Brian Cranston, you know, in, in Your Honor. You've got all of these, like, really big names carrying these shows, and, and they're, they're going to miss the boat. So, um, anyway, um, let's move on and talk about um, – I just want to briefly mention best uh, TV movie. Um, now, when I first saw that this category was out, I was like, well, wasn't the, and Andrew, you and I talked about this, wasn't the best TV movie this year, Nomadland, right? Um, but apparently they, uh, they changed the rules 
just to clarify, because all of the Oscar nominees were essentially released for TV first this year, um, they, they apparently changed the rule that said if you were submitted for an Oscar, you could not be submitted for an Emmy. That's why Nomadland cannot be nominated. And so as a result, I'm looking at the potential nominees for TV movies, and it's a pretty pathetic list. Um, I, I, I didn't see Sylvie's love, but <laughs> Andrew, what do you think about about this category? Look, I'll tell you one thing, and just because I've seen this for your consideration ad take over just about every website I've been on for for a week, Robert Roberts presents Mahalia is moving, joyful, and thunderingly good, uh, and it was on <laughs> Lifetime. It, it, that's what I know. So I think that I think that's going to win because they're spending a they're spending a fortune on for your consideration ads. So why not? I mean, it, like one of the like I'm looking at um I'm looking at the gold derby odds. It, it looks like there's like a Hallmark Hall of Fame Christmas movie that has a chance to get nominated. Like like is that how yeah, really, we've done? I wanted to know what that was. I looked it up. That's and then. <laughs> oh, okay, that makes sense. And, and then I scroll down and I see what I didn't know existed, but I, I might have to figure out how to watch it is Wendy Williams the movie. <laughs> yeah, I'm wondering what that is too. I didn't even know they made a, a psych follow-up. Psych too. I might have now, to Adam. Here. Now you're you're personally hurting me because that that was on that's on Peacock. So no, no. Well, that's so, that's just, I, I should help you though because it, it, you want me to watch it, right? It might, it might just mean I go exactly. Get it. I I just think as as long as the Oscars are allowing streaming movies to be nominated, um. And then you're going to have this breakdown where you can't be nominated for an Emmy if you're nominated for an Oscar. This this category almost doesn't need to exist then. No, this definitely doesn't um, need to exist. I agree with you. Especially when you see, like, it, it's one of those things, too, where it's like, at some point, like, if, if there aren't, like, enough quality TV movies to fill the category, like, like do you get rid of it? Like, you right. know... Like, like at the Oscars, sometimes when they're like, we're only going to do three best song nominees because there weren't enough good songs. Like, if, if you're talking about um, Wendy Williams, the movie is a possibility. Like, maybe you don't need to have the category. <laughs> or this this, this super intelligent. Where it got a 5.2 out of 10 on IMDb. So, anyway, super intelligent got a 5.4. I never, I didn't even know this was a film with Melissa McCarthy and James Gordon oh, I and Bobby Cannavale. Actual... Oh yeah, no. Oh that's gosh. Movie theater. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, super intelligent. Yeah, no, I saw. It's funny because I'm seeing these movies and I watch them as movies, right? So I, I review them as movies, yeah. like, like on Gold Derby. Uncle Frank is number two. I mean, that actually was a really really sweet little movie and uh you know i knew it wasn't going to have any oscar chances because there was just too much going on but it's alan ball who wrote and directed it and you know it's actually a, a, a sweet movie um <laughs> it's just funny to see him being nominated for for an emmy you know i just this is a weird deal <laughs> yeah because also, the other one i heard about like... was 
Uncle Frank was supposed to be a, like an independent movie in a theater. And just because of right. COVID, it got released on TV. And they didn't right. bother submitting it for an Oscar. And the next thing you know, it, it can win an Emmy. So <laughs> It's <anyway>. weird. <laughs> Sorry, kid, I interrupted you. What were you saying? No, no, I'm done. I'm done. You're absolutely right. I agree okay. with you. It's just odd. The, it's like the the best the TV movie category this year and probably next year too because the streaming role is still in effect for, for another year for the Oscars. It's, the, it's now the best movie that was not submitted for an Oscar. So it's like the, <laughs> the 180th best movie. You know? um, <laughs> that strange, strange funny, times I'm, we're in. I'm looking at Uncle Frank and it's worth mentioning that Paul Bettany played two characters in the seventies here. Uh, this one and then one episode of WandaVision. Oh, very true. Very <laughs> true. Oh, Phil, and uh, I didn't realize Sylvie's Love, that's the movie that has Nam the Awesome Wah in it. Yeah. As yeah, a no, star. Nam the Awesome Wah. I right. heard that that's really good, right. by the way, Sylvie's Love. That's another one that I think was supposed to be a movie released in theaters, I assume. Yeah, I think yeah. Amazon just snatched all these up. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, it, it was supposed to be a real movie in a theater. And um, Tessa Thompson, who's like a real movie star, you know, she's she's yeah. in Thor and everything. Yeah. And uh, Nambi Asamoah, and they do like a cute little, you know, like, a, you know, cute little, you know, romantic period piece, sort of. And, and next thing you know, uh, you know, they said, all right, we're not going to get this for an Oscar, but... <laughs> Heck, you might as well be the favorite for best TV movie at the Emmys. So, um, <laughs> let's get Nom. Let's get Nom okay. the Awesome One Emmy. <laughs> All right, let, let's move on and talk about uh, what I think is also one of the most interesting categories of the night: um, best actress in a limited series or TV movie. I never thought I would say that's one of the most interesting categories, but you have. Anya Taylor-Joy from The Queen's Gambit going up against Kate Winslet for Mayor of Easttown. Uh, mm-hmm. so a heavyweight performance from Anya Taylor-Joy. You've got Kate Winslet, who's, who's just amazing in that show. And then I actually heard, you know, I was listening to Wes Morris, Bill Simmons' podcast, say that Michaela Cole on I May Destroy You has the best acting performance of anyone this year, which if I had watched it, maybe I would agree with that. And then, you know, Elizabeth Olsen for WandaVision, maybe you throw her in. Uh, Cynthia Revo playing Aretha Franklin. You know, don't forget Nicole Kidman, just kind of dangling out there. Um, anyone want to chime in here on this interesting battle between Kate Winslet and Anya Taylor-Joy and, and Michaela Cole? <laughs> uh, I'll chime well, in and say something, Phil. But these, those yeah. first two... Talk about titans of industry, yeah. my God. I mean, that's probably two better performances than any other acting category of, of any of these. Yep. Wouldn't you say? I mean, that's incredible. Yep. 100%. It's like the, it's like the like. battle for, for Best Limited Series, and both of those were just, you know, I think Anya Taylor-Joy is probably going, ah, God Gosh darn it, you know, that Kate Winslet sneaks in with a great performance, you know, because up, up to this point, she's been sort of winning everything. Um, 
so you know it's gonna re- it's gonna be a real real challenge. I mean, I loved Anya Taylor Joy in the Queen's Gambit, and I and I loved Queen's Gambit beyond anything. But I I think it's gonna be really hard to beat Kate Winslet. I mean, you know, the accent alone, right? Which everybody keeps talking about, but was pretty spot on. Besides that, the, the things that Kate Winslet, you know, her character goes through. And and just the level of emotion that goes through this woman through this whole series, I just, you know, I think it's going to be hard to beat her. I, I hands down, she gave the best performance. I think that's just that's just my but, opinion. But, but I, I feel like she. I may destroy you. I did not. Because uh, apparently, Michaela Cole has some of the best acting you've ever seen, and and Wesley Morris won the Pulitzer this year for best criticism, and there he is praising her. But, um, well, anyway. I'm sure she, I'm sure she's great, you know, and I've heard really good things about that that show, but uh you know, serious, but I, you know, I don't know. It's Kate Winslet. <laughs> you know, I, I was hearing I, I was they were talking on that podcast like a, a full breakdown of Kate Winslet's career, which is actually one of the most interesting careers of of our generation, I think, and um you could make the argument that maybe after Meryl Streep, she's the best actress of this generation. Although, you know, you've got like Frances McDormand and Kate Blanchett in there. Um, yeah. And don't forget, Kate Winslet has actually won an Emmy before for, for Mildred Pierce. Um, right. Back That's in the right. day where like, that was like the obvious winner for everything because Kate Winslet did a TV show and, and you just, you know, HBO, and you just have to, to, to give her that this year. It's a little more complicated. Right. But, um, I didn't realize Kate Winslet was offered the lead role for Shakespeare in Love and turned it down. And I was thinking, yep. Shakespeare in Love already won, you know, the Oscar and, and Gwyneth Paltrow won the Oscar for that. But how much better of a movie would that have been if Kate Winslet had had the lead instead of Gwyneth Paltrow? Yeah. It's- well, Gwyneth, <laughs> Gwyneth Paltrow did win the Oscar, right? So I'm saying yeah, she was... She yeah. <laughs> Well, she was good. I don't know. Yeah, it's, hard, it's hard to Kate criticize Winslet her that for part. that. I mean, I, no, I'll I'm never doubt Kate been Winslet and anything. Kate Winslet. Uh, but she turned it down to do Idiot Kinky. I mean, anyway. But that <laughs> does take place in Marrakesh, so that's something, you know. <laughs> yeah. I think, um, you know what? Morocco. To be To be honest, I don't know if you read that whole, about the whole Harvey Weinstein thing, but that was part of the reason why she turned it down. You know. Oh, I think Harvey Weinstein. Yeah. Are, so are you suggesting, Bill, if Kate Winslet had taken that role in Shakespeare in Love, that she would have gone on to create a heavily overpriced organic food lifestyle brand called company? Goop? <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? They could, no, have, could have been like the sliding doors of movie roles, right? Where one. Yeah. One choice versus the other. <laughs> um, Andrew, any thoughts here about about this category, which I think is, is just a really interesting category this year? It is. I mean, it is. It's so hotly contested. I feel like Anya Taylor Joy should win, but I mean, it, it's almost like recency bias at some point, where it's like everyone just saw Mayor of Easttown. Yeah, and everyone was true. talking about the accents and everything like that. And Kate Winslet's such a legend. Um, 
but I, I still I still lean toward Anya Taylor Joy winning. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree with it. I think it'll be Anya Taylor Joy just just because uh, Kate Winslet has kind of won a little bit before. You know, she's won an Oscar, she's won an Emmy, so I think they might give it to the new girl. Yeah, and she was great. Friend. But then again, you know, Frances McDormand, you know, did, did win a third Oscar this year, so who knows. Um, all right, uh, I'll move on real quick. Uh, best movie or TV movie or limited series actor. Um, this is where some of those names come back into play. I don't know why Lin-Manuel Miranda is being considered here for Hamilton, um, but he is. Um because I thought he won a Tony for that role, so now we're really mixing, um, mixing uh, everything just kind of all the same. Maybe, maybe we should have one award show, Oscars, Emmys, Tonys, just all in one, just the, the, the awards. I don't know, but, uh, supposedly, I didn't see any of these shows, uh, The Good Lord Bird, Ethan Talk, Hugh Grant for The Undoing, Paul Bettany for WandaVision. Any, any thoughts here? Jeff Daniels for the Comey role. They, they do like Jeff Daniels. We know that. Anyone um, I heard I heard the Good Lord Bird was really good. You didn't you guys didn't watch it? I missed it too. No. But, uh, well, what anyway, that? I heard that's it was good. What what's that? What is seventy five hundred? I've never even heard of that. Uh, I don't know, oh, but, you know, Andrew, that was really Alcimus good. Actually, seventy five hundred was really good. Um, he plays uh, Joseph Gordon. It's a movie, <laughs> by the way. Again, a pandemic movie that probably would have gone on to the you know big screen. Um, he plays this pilot who, uh, who's a uh, well, he's a co pilot, I should say. And there's a terrorist attack happening on his plane, and he won't. He he won't let the terrorists into the um, into the cockpit, and he like has it locked. Anyway, it's really intense and good, by the way. So if you I think it's on Prime or one of those, if you guys ever want to watch kind of a cool little thriller, you know, playing kind of thing, he was he was quite good in. It. <laughs> so there, wow! That's no, what that's I, about. I just had it. It looks interesting, and I have to see yeah. the. I mean, I love the book, um, but. When I went to watch it, it was it was CBS All Access at the time. Now I think it's merged with Paramount Plus. I know Andrew mm. would say, "Go with Peacock," but uh, <laughs> too many of these random, like Paramount. Why is Paramount have a streaming service? That's the thing that's odd to me. But Peacock makes sense. Why not? Right. But, it's CBS. Paramount CBS. So that's they kind right. of merged together. So that's. Like, are we going to get, you know, DreamWorks multiplies is going to be one, and then you're going to have, like, uh, you know, Lionsgate Cube is going to be another network for streaming service. Adam, I'm, I'm kind of with you in that. I wouldn't have called it Paramount Plus, because if you're the combination of CBS and MTV right. and Comedy Central and all these other things, you know, I wouldn't like just call it Paramount because you don't make most people don't make the connection of CBS to Paramount or Comedy Central right. or MTV to Paramount. I I would have called it like Hulu or something like that, just more generic. But what do I know? Right. Well, the 
the outside the U.S., um, all that stuff is known. Like a lot of that stuff is known by Paramount. Oh, oh so okay. it's, yeah, it's like an international distribution thing. I do, fortunately. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, any other thoughts about Best Actor in a limited series? Um, he's nominated um, twice, so congrats to him. I, I I thought Hugh Grant in The Undoing was actually, he really did show a lot of range. I was pretty he impressed. Did. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, I want to get through this real quick here. Best Supporting Actress in a Limited Series. Um, you've got uh, Catherine Hahn could win an Emmy. She's a uh, well, like, maybe this is the year she wins, but you've also got Jean Smart. Maybe she wins two Emmys in the same night for Mayor of Easttown. You've got Julian Nicholson, who was great in Mayor of Easttown. Marielle Heller for um, The Queen's Gambit. Any any thoughts here on um, on this category? Oh, my gosh. If Catherine Hahn won for WandaVision, I'd be real. I, I'm sorry. Sorry, Andrew. I loved WandaVision all the way through. And I love Catherine Hahn. She's one of my all-time faves, so I'd be really happy if she won. Yeah, I think Catherine, I actually think she'll win. I mean, she was such a, that was all anybody was talking about that show. True, 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 true. There's some really big names on this list. I'm going down, Anne Hathaway and Helen Mirren are nominated for supporting Catherine Holly Solos, is that what they're nominated for? Yeah. Oh. I'm just saying, no. you talked about, like, what a big deal it was that a Kate Winslet would be in a TV movie or limited series. To think, it seems like a steep fall, right, to be supporting actress in a limited thing for, for Anne Hathaway. That's a big name for that Sarah Paulson. These are, well, these are not your, that, you know, weird. Amazon show where everyone they was filmed during the pandemic where they just have everyone by themselves like in a thirty minute soliloquy so it's kind of like an acting challenge you know right I, oh that's right so that's what that was you kind of go in you do your thirty minutes and you're and you're done and maybe you get an Emmy out of it I don't know but. <laughs> all right um, I'll move on real quick uh, supporting actor in a limited series I have heard John Boyega. Boyega is really good in, in um, Small Act. There's also... Uh, um, you know, I did like Evan Peters in Mayor of Easttown, but uh, Bill Camp for The Queen's Gambit, you got to think he'll get consideration. He's been around forever. Like, ever. He doesn't get a lot of love. Um, any, any thoughts here on movie limited supporting actor? I guess no. Hamilton is being considered for an Emmy. All these people get to – that doesn't seem right. I agree with you. I mean, it doesn't seem like – it's just – it was their show taped for – as a – you know, it's not even like they made they made the, the musical into a, you know, into to a movie or whatever. It was a, just the – stage production of the show and it was fantastic but why why should these people get considered for an Emmy that doesn't make any sense to me well in case to add more confusion to this you know I, I said if you were nominated for an Oscar you couldn't be nominated for an Emmy but Hamilton was nominated for best musical or comedy movie by the Golden Globes 
<laughs> so, I guess That's they didn't true. submit it for an Oscar, but they submitted it for a Golden Globe. So, I don't oh. know. Um, Weird. All right. Um, any other Emmy uh, highlights you want to talk about? I mean, we can talk about the reality shows, or we can just wait for the nominations to come out. Um, I, I'd like to see Big Bounce win for animated program, whatever they call it. Big Mouthy show? Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it's good. It's good stuff. Jason Sudeikis could be nominated for Tournament of Laughs. He could get two nominations. So how about that? Um, all right. Well, let's let's leave it there. Uh, with time for next minute. I want to thank Kit uh, Bowen, Andrew Payne, Adam Spunberg. We'll be back uh, in mid-July after the nominations come out, and we can break all these awards down. We know who's actually nominated, but... I uh, want to thank you guys again for coming on, uh, and for that, we'll say good night. Uh, Phil Wallace, signing off. Have a good night, everyone. Bye. Thank you.